Is your privacy under threat? Has the age of privacy come to an end? Are you sick of Facebook's lack of respect for your privacy? If you think your privacy is threatened, be glad you don't live in China. Chinese government wants to give every citizen a score based on behaviors. Purchase history, political leanings, and social interactions would be used to calculate a person's trust score. Facebook and Twitter are banned in China, so people use... WeChat, one of the world's most popular mobile apps. So the government spies on that round the clock. The state also monitors the Chinese version of Amazon called Alibaba. Alibaba is by your side 24 hours a day, 7 days a week. Why should we care what the communists do? We're not in China. You're walking to the communists voluntarily. That scares me. Lee Schoolin came to America 30 years ago. After I came to the United States, I thought, oh, no more politics. I'm in the land of free. I'm not worried. Then after I saw these things happen, I said, no, no, no. I said, I have to tell the American people, don't let this happen. Here's Lee when she was 16. She survived the Great Leap Forward, the Great Famine, the Cultural Revolution. Her parents were doctors, so they and she were re-educated. Mao said, we shouldn't learn from books. We should learn from the military, from the farmers, from the workers. And this was to teach you not to be fancy. The poorer you were, the better you were. If you're illiterate, you're the best. The repression is over. It's all better now. The repression is not over. The control of people's mind, people's mouth, people's pen never stopped. All right, Sandy Rios with it. That was John Stossel interviewing a, a Chinese-American who's been here a long time. Uh, but And it was kind of a light treatment. John has a way of making lighthearted the very serious. But I think none of us could escape the knowledge or observing that as we know about China's control of their population, uh, cameras everywhere, terrible control, t- digital money so that they control their money, they control everything about them, that that's what's happening here. And that's just a glimpse of, I think, I'll say, the horrors that we may face as the Chinese communist control of this world and the uh, as the daggers are aimed at us as their chief opponent, the one thing standing in their way, Uh, get more and more fierce. And we're going to talk about that today with Frank Gaffney. Uh, He's just written a new book about the dangers from China. I have talked about it before several times, but there's always more to say. And because, to me, it is so imminent, we have to discuss it again. So I hope that you'll uh, stay tuned uh, to listen in just a second. I want to thank, of course, Preborn for being our sponsor. We celebrate pretty soon here, close by, depending on when you're hearing this, the one-year anniversary of the overturning of Roe versus Wade. There were 64 million babies whose lives were taken uh, by abortion during the time in which it was legalized in 1973 to now. We need to pray for the moms who still mourn for their children. They're still alive, many of them. Uh, they made that choice because of that decision. Uh, and so it's a great grief to them, too. So our hearts go out to them. And then they, our hearts also go out to those precious little babies who never had a chance to take their first breath. You wonder who they would have become and what would the culture be like if they had lived. We have lost an entire generation. Uh, The unfortunate reality is that as the abortion pill now counts for over 50% of abortions, this is not going away anytime soon. 
But every day, Preborn's network of clinics rescues 200 babies' lives offering love, support, and compassion to hurting mothers. Right now, in honor of this year anniversary of turning over Roe versus Wade, uh, would you consider donating $64 to honor those 64 million babies who li- whose lives were taken in this period of time when Roe versus Wade was legal? $64 would sort of, uh, it's just kind of making a statement, and we're suggesting that right now. All you have to do is go to preborn.com slash Sandy, preborn.com slash Sandy, and let your voice be heard in honor of this year anniversary. And uh, we we thank you in advance for what you're doing. If you have a question about the show or a comment, you can call 662-821-2040. That's 662-821-2040. Or you can go to sandyrios.com, sandyrios.com for more information. Uh, And I think that's everything, everything that I wanted to tell you for today. All right, so I'll sit back and maybe you won't be relaxing during this conversation, but take a pen and paper and take to heart the message that Frank Gaffney brings to us on the dangers we face from China. From American Family Radio, Sandy Rios. We are not called to be nice. We are often called to be confrontational. And here with me in D.C. is Fox News contributor Sandy Rios. I think the most important thing we need to demonstrate to our children is genuineness. That we actually believe what we say we believe. A longtime Fox News contributor, Sandy Rios, thanks very much for being with us. Seek justice, not social justice, but God's justice, what's right and what's wrong. Sandy Rios is with the American Family Association, a pro life radio talk show host. We've got to say this is the line. Life is sacred. Director of Governmental Affairs for the American Family Association. Step up, speak up, say something, do something. I raised U.S. concerns, shared by a growing number of countries, about the PRC's provocative actions in the Taiwan Strait, as well as in the South and East China Seas. On Taiwan, I reiterated the long-standing U.S. One China policy. Uh, That policy has not changed. It's guided by the Taiwan Relations Act, the three joint communiques, the six assurances. We do not support Taiwan independence. We remain opposed to any unilateral changes to the status quo by either side. We continue to expect the peaceful resolution of cross-strait differences. Sandy Rios with you. That was the uh, the ever-flexing-his-muscles uh, Secretary of State, Anthony Blinken. I, I should put not on the end of that. Uh, threatening the Chinese, inferring uh, that we will support Taiwan if they attack. I don't think hardly any of us believe that. We are in dangerous times. The Biden administration is not strong when it comes to China. Do I need to explain that? Well, maybe so, because I've invited my good friend Frank Gaffney, who is all over this topic right now. He has a new book called The Indictment, Prosecuting the Chinese Communist Party and Friends for Crimes Against America. Frank is the founder and uh, executive chair and founder of the Center for Security Policy. Uh, He also is a host on Real America's Voice. He's a host on American Family Radio. Uh, Frank has uh, so many different outlets, and I'm very grateful because his voice on this issue especially, needs to be heard. Franks, thanks for joining us this morning. It's a distinct pleasure and always a high privilege to be able to talk with my friend Sandy Rios. Uh, thanks, Frank. All right, let's just get right to it, because I uh, um, this is hard, but this is the first thing I want to ask. Can you quantify uh, for us the danger we face from China right now? Can you quantify it? We talk about it, but can you quantify it? I can try. 
I think the danger we face from China is twofold. Uh, one is that they have been at war with us for several decades now and have done incalculable harm to us in the course of it. We document that in this new book, The Indictment, um, I think extensively. And the cumulative effect of that unrestricted warfare, and by that, they mean mostly sort of pre-kinetic, that is to say, um, economic and political subversion and energy warfare and, and the like. It's been, I think, bad to date, and it's getting much worse. So that's point one. Point two is that especially in the face of what the Biden administration is doing, and and you've run that clip of Tony Blinken as just the most recent example of this, it is emboldening the Chinese Communist Party to go to the next step, and that is to complement the unrestricted pre-kinetic kind of warfare with the old-fashioned kind. The shooting kind. And I think that uh, there's a high probability at this point that they're going to take that next step uh, in the not too distant future, I fear. Well, you know, Gordon Chang feels the same way, uh, uh, Frank. And I know that you, you uh, the people you associate with uh, in all of the work that you do are on the cutting edge of information on this. So I am persuaded, but we need to talk about it with our, with our audience. It's not good news, and yet the warnings are necessary. I, I want to spell out, first of all, uh, you know, with President Trump, you know, when he started uh, running for office initially so many years ago, it seems now, oh, so long ago, China was a big issue for him. He talked about it all the time. He had a real thing about China, and it was kind of refreshing because he was the first person uh, to push back on China after this long couple of decades of uh, tr- free trade and enriching American businesses by working in China and our supposed, you know, partnership and all the cheap la- cheap goods and services we'd gotten hooked on, including medicines, etc. He was the first person to actually call out and say we have to stop them. It was pretty shocking. Don't, um, it was amazing, wasn't it? Uh, and he did hold China back for a while, didn't he? He definitely rocked uh, Xi Jinping and his regime, uh, which had become absolutely convinced of the inevitable triumph of Chinese communism over the United States. Um, Sadly, uh, he, I believe, Xi, with his uh, unrestricted warfare writ large, but specifically his biological warfare attack against our country hmm. took out Donald Trump On COVID. and did a lot of other damage besides, obviously, but specifically took down the Trump presidency and set in motion uh, the rise to power of a man that one of my good friends and valued colleagues in our Committee on the Present Danger of China by the name of Sam Faddis um, a former Central Intelligence Agency undercover operative who used to recruit and run agents for us, you know, for decades. He says that in the lexicon of the trade, Joe Biden is a controlled asset 
of the Chinese Communist Party. So the replacement of a guy who was uh, upsetting their agenda, albeit temporarily, with a guy who is seemingly perfectly prepared to enhance it, to enable it, to certainly encourage it, namely Joe Biden, uh, is uh, one of the most tragic uh, turnarounds in in memory, I believe, and uh, with great, great portent for our country. You know, I remember, and I bet you do too, Frank, I played this clip a long time ago, uh, a couple of years probably. There was a Chinese, I want to say professor, he was speaking to a group of students or some gathering, and he was laughing and boasting about how China had infiltrated uh, the deepest levels of American power. We have people everywhere. And just laughing at us as Americans, it was such a disturbing clip. And I believe this was still, I believe this was still during the, uh, uh, the um, President Trump years. Um, so they have plans for us, and they have been very strategic about it. Why? Let's get into this a little bit more deeply. Why are things more dangerous with Joe Biden? People generally know but I, I've talked about the China Initiative. That was one of his first actions, was to stop the China Initiative, which was to address the stealing of um, uh, intellectual property through universities and exchange programs, I believe. Uh, but what else did he do? What else has he done to make it more dangerous for us? Meaning the president of the United States, now Joe Biden. Well, the single most important thing he did, I think, to date, he actually did when he was vice president of the United States. And that is, in May of 2013, he helped engineer an agreement with the Chinese communists that would give them access to our capital markets All right. without right. having to adhere to our laws and regulations. And by some estimates, between two to uh, sorry three to six trillion dollars has migrated from American investors, you know, uh, money, pension funds, four hundred one k plans, mutual funds, index funds, and so on, via Wall Street. In fact, that professor you were talking about. Dr. D, I think was his uh, name, uh, who you're absolutely right, was gloating about um, this, uh, well, the overthrow of Donald Trump. It, it was it was shortly after the election, and uh, he was boasting that, you know, their old friends on Wall Street had been very successful in making American policymakers do China's bidding. At the time of Donald Trump, he said, and that was one of the reasons why he had to go, and they took him out. But the point here is, I, I think when you think about what could be done with three to six trillion dollars in terms of, um, well, everything from stealing technology or otherwise acquiring it from us, some six hundred billion dollars per year has been stolen from us uh, by the Chinese Communists for many part many years now uh, the the distribution of fentanyl inside our country which has killed 
100,000 of us a year, as you know. Uh, the biological warfare attack that killed over a million of us, a million, 100,000, I think, to date. Um, you know, the, the buildup of their military, the Belt and Road Initiative is this kind of colonial empire built out that they've been doing. All of these things, and many, many more, have been made possible by our underwriting, which was in turn made possible by the sweetheart deal that Joe Biden, then Vice President of the United States, arranged for his friends in China. And, you know, interestingly enough, Sandy, within a few months after that deal was done, his son Hunter got a billion dollars, ultimately $1.5 billion, to invest on behalf of the Chinese Communist Party, including involving, by the way, people associated with its intelligence services. And this is a scandal of the highest importance. And and I, I just would leave your audience with this one thought. If Sam Pattis is right, and I believe he is, that Joe Biden is a controlled asset of the Chinese Communist Party, <clears throat> the idea that we might very shortly find ourselves in a shooting war with these Chinese communists it's just unimaginable that we could have as our commander-in-chief of the United States military a man who is so compromised, not just compromised, but who is working for the other team. It is. Uh, when we say, I, I guess I always feel, Frank, because, oh, you know, I'm from Chicago, and we always had uh, political scandals. We had graft and corruption and bribery and all of that. It's kind of part of the lexicon of a Chicagoan, and that's true of many big cities. And when we discuss this as bribery and corruption and uh, whatever, uh, that always seems too mild to me. Because as I recall, even gangsters in Chicago were loyal to their country. They actually loved this country, and sometimes they would, sometimes they would get involved too, you know, to fight uh, forces that were not domestic um, in, in subtle ways. But this is a case of, to me, something far more serious that requires far far more serious words, but we don't dare say them, because if we say the word treason, or if we say because I believe that's what it is, uh, people kind of they they can't hear, kind of shuts out the hearing. But I don't. I actually think this is this is we're not just talking about corruption. We're talking about traitors to our country and its sovereignty by the commander in chief who's sworn to defend us from all enemies, foreign and domestic. It's shocking, really. And it's not overstated when we say that. It's not, Sandy. Unfortunately, if anything, it's understated, truthfully. I mean, the betrayal on a scale that's unimaginable is what we're talking about. And sadly, you know, it will translate, I fear, into the terrible hardships for the American people, loss of life, almost certainly, and uh, possible terrible destruction. Because among other things, what it is doing is it is emboldening our foe. Yep. And they've made no secret of uh, their determination to destroy us because we're the real impediment, the only real impediment for that matter, to their achieving the ultimate objective of global domination. Frank, and you know Xi what's Jinping funny? couldn't be more clear. That's his purpose. 
you know, this is really interesting to me because when I think back in time, when I first started discussing this on the air, our mutual friend Bill Gertz was my go-to person back in Chicago on China. And he would say this was during the time when businessmen were really high on, uh, you know, building plants or uh, sending their – it was kind of vogue. It was very vogue and chic, and it was very money-making for American big business very to build and – yeah. So, so, but, but Bill was saying, no, the military actually has this plan that we know, we see, we read it uh, to dominate and overtake, at, but it didn't make sense at the time. Uh, but they think more long-term than we do, don't they, Frank? Well, they're very patient, that's for sure. Uh, they, they do think in hundreds of years rather than, you know, quarters <laughs> of a year. Um, and Sandy, here's the thing. Uh, and it's hard to overstate this, but as I say, the enemy has a vote. When you are in a warlike situation, and I think that's the case, as I say, certainly in this unrestricted warfare mode, and possibly in the other, they are making decisions every single day on the basis of how they perceive us, how they calculate uh, the costs of taking some action might be. And and when you see this fecklessness on the part of Tony Blinken, for example, uh, and that clip you played was, I mean, it just kind of makes your skin crawl that, that that's the guy who was supposed to be showing the determination, the grit, the resolve of the United States to stand up against the kind of aggression that we're now witnessing from the Chinese Communist Party practically daily. And those calculations on the part of the Chinese are almost certainly suggesting to them they can get away with murder, literally. And I fear that it will be murder of an awful lot of our countrymen and women, and that's what makes this so painful and and why it makes so imperative that we take board. I I hope the arguments being advanced in the indictment uh, about the nature of this threat, the various ways in which it has taken the toll, why we need to punish the Chinese Communist Party for these crimes against us, war crimes we call them, because it is fundamentally a criminal organization. You talk about Chicago and the mafia and so on. This is the greatest mafia in the history of the world. It's called, I think properly understood is a transnational criminal organization rather than a party or even a government. And if it's war crimes that they've perpetrated against us, as well as horrific crimes against their own people, I mean, crimes against humanity on a scale unprecedented in the history of the world, then the recommendations that we make in the indictment, some 20 of them, become not just things that we ought to consider or debate. They're imperative actions to hopefully deter the Chinese from taking this next step that I think they have in mind for us, namely, again, a shooting war. But also to um, help the Chinese people free themselves from this party. There are only 90 million, you know, Chinese Communist Party members out of whatever it is, 1.4 billion Chinese. And I think the vast majority of them are sick to the teeth of these uh, guys. You know, again, 100 million 
Chinese, mostly Chinese. Some of them are enslaved Tibetans and Uyghurs and the like, but mostly it's Han Chinese have been murdered by the Chinese communists over these decades. And that doesn't count, Sandy, by the way, as you know. Another 400 million, maybe some say 500 million they've murdered in the womb. This This is unspeakable on so many levels, but beyond the moral outrage and and the the calibration that we need on the nature of this enemy the other takeaway from all of that is this if they treat their own people that badly do we really think if they can get their hooks into us that they'll treat us better well I dare say no that's I, not the case no of course not they have no regard for human life and i you know we're actually still walking you kind of we actually it's almost too dreadful to describe and so I'm not going to go there right now. Let's just say that we're in great danger, and we know that uh, there, there is an Im- there probably will be an imminent, even maybe, attack on this country. We've got a lot of Chinese coming across the border, the southern border. We have China building up their navy, their air, their they're enhancing their soldiers with uh, certain kinds of drugs. It's uh, they're they're in a war mode, and we are the object. We are the object. The only little tiny bit of resistance on this planet standing against them. Uh, Frank Gaffney is our guest, and his book is called The Indictment, Prosecuting the Chinese Communist Party and Friends for Crimes Against America. Frank, give us an idea. When you use the word indictment, what are what are you, what things are you suggesting? I find myself wondering, what can we do to stop this? What Can you just give us an idea of what kinds of things you're suggesting? Sure. Um Sandy, look, it starts with understanding that we're at war with these guys. Not not because we want to be, uh, but because they do and, and have been. From that flow, a number of specific actions. One is that you've got to get our nation on a war footing comparable to what the Chinese are putting theirs on. I mean, again, the American people need to be alerted to the fact that uh, – on us, and there's going to be need for sacrifice. There's going to be need for mobilization, really, of our society. And uh, we're a long way from that at the moment. But the single most important recommendation, Sandy, flows from what I think is the single most effective line of attack of the Chinese Communist Party in all of that unrestricted warfare, and that is what they call elite capture. They have been hugely successful in um, seducing or inducing or otherwise um, compelling individuals throughout our society, leaders in business, on Wall Street, as I mentioned, um, in academia, as you mentioned, uh, in the media, as you know, uh, in Hollywood, but also most especially in our political system, including of course, Joe Biden. That has to be reversed. We must make as our central purpose in trying to prepare for this crisis that we're in and deal with what may be in the offing, that we free ourselves from leaders who are, in fact, working for the enemy in all of those walks of life, most especially the commander-in-chief. You know, it's funny, Frank, I think the, the worm has been turned a bit, and I, I, I give President Trump the credit for this. Uh, we were all in with China, all of us. 
Uh, and he's the one that made us aware that uh, they, this, is, this has gone too far. They have a huge advantage, uh, and uh, we, they're taking advantage of us. And finally, we finally understood that we need to stop doing all these big uh, buying so much Chinese. I believe people are kind of it's getting down into the DNA there. And so God willing, uh, this danger part will get down into the DNA as well, not just that we are at odds with them, but that we are seriously, they're at war with us even if we're not at war with them in response. I want to, um, Frank, we, let me just say this about you. Uh, Frank, uh, in addition to be being the founder and executive chair of the Center for Security Policy and uh, the founder of the Committee on the Present Danger, China, uh, Frank is, has always been, as long as I've known him, like the watchman on the wall on various issues. When we talked about the uh, the the um, the whole business of the trade giving China so much so many trillions or billions of dollars of our money and allowing them to trade without restriction in our markets, uh, Frank was all about fighting that. He was out there like a clarion call trying to stop that in Congress and everywhere and other issues as well. And you've done the same thing now, Frank, on the World Health Organization, which is also tied to the dangers of China. And explain, where are we with that? I have talked about it with you on this show. We've talked about it with other people, too, and that is that they want to control healthcare decisions. They, can, they are in a position to, con, to, to force vaccinations to really overtake our sovereignty. Where are we with that, this battle, on stopping that? Sandy, this pains me more than I can tell you. I, I'm out of time to talk about this at the moment. I would love to come back on. The short form of it is this. Uh, the Biden administration is actively working with the Chinese Communist Party, the World Economic Forum, the World Health Organization, Big Pharma, Bill Gates, and globalists of various other stripes to try to create powers for the World Health Organization to dictate to us our public health policies. And this wouldn't be just advisory, this would be compulsory, and it would crater our Constitution and our Republic, and must be resisted at every turn. We need more people like your audience clued up about it and engaged. I commend to them SovereigntyCoalition.org as a place to find out a lot more about the subject and also um, hashtag exit the WHO. Okay. All right. Uh, and let me just uh, tell people that the indictment prosecuting the Chinese Communist Party and Friends for Crimes Against America is available. It just came out in May, and it's a great resource uh, for all the things that Frank and I have been discussing this morning. Frank, go forth. Go forth. And uh, take, drink some, uh, you know, get some gargle or whatever you have to do so that your voice can be heard and continue to sound the clarion call on this danger from China. Thanks for joining us this morning. Thank you, Sandy. God bless you. Thank you. Same back to you. You know, there's just so much more we could say about China. It's uh, an inexhaustive. We didn't even get into the international involvement and how they are creeping in about us, uh, whether it's in Cuba or whether it's uh, from the southern border or whether it's from uh, balloons flying above us gathering intelligence, it is really very frightening when you stop and think about it. We didn't even touch base on all of those things. Uh, but we know instinctively, I think you and I both know, that we need to fight back. We have to stop this in any way that we can and prepare ourselves, uh, steal ourselves. We cannot be weak. 
we can't be weak going into this. We have to be resolved and prepared uh, and ready to fight. And so uh, I just say I recommend uh, uh, Frank's book again, The Indictment, Prosecuting the Chinese Communist Party and Friends for Crimes Against America. That's the name of the book. You know, history was made on June 24th of 2022 when a 50-year-old law known as Roe versus Wade uh, was overturned in a landmark ruling. Preborn lives, uh, unborn babies, their lives matter today, and we need to make sure that they matter in the future. As we celebrate this one-year anniversary of the fall of Roe versus Wade, let's continue to do our part. Let's reflect and recommit and reinvigorate our resolve to unite and do more. So this is a good time to donate in the memory of those lives that were lost over this past 50 years. We're asking you to do that by giving us a donation of $64 in honor of the 64 million babies' lives that were taken during this 50 years. All you have to do is go to preborn.com slash Sandy. That's preborn.com slash Sandy. And uh, if you can, if you can't afford $64, just give what you can. We will be grateful for each and every dollar that you spend, and it will be spent well. Preborn.com slash Sandy. All right, coming up next, my sweetheart will join me. I we could do a little twist on this. I think we're going to talk about kind of what we touched on with uh, John Stossel in the opening and this whole thing of the loss of freedom of speech. So uh, it's pr- pretty interesting what we have to say. We've been thinking about this a lot, so I hope you'll stay tuned to my discussion with my sweetheart, my husband, Bruce. We'll be right back. This is Sandy Rios 24-7 on American Family Radio. And now, another step, more subtle than just banning things. The state will monitor what you say on social media and assign you a social credit score. That will tell them how trustworthy you are. The government says this will allow the trustworthy to roam everywhere under heaven, while making it hard for the discredited to take a single step. There's going to be this new social credit score. Yes. It is a big deal. Some American governments already do something similar. The LAPD can scan tens of thousands of license plates. Los Angeles police now practice predictive policing. They pay a company called Palantir to analyze social media, trace people's ties to gang members, and predict the likelihood that someone may commit a crime. After searching over 100 million data points, Palantir displayed an impressive web of information on one burglary suspect. People like that. They think it makes them safer. I think they're giving government too much power. They didn't realize this is going to, going to lead more and more and more. There's no end. I would like to know that there's a trust score so I can know who's trustworthy and who's not. Sounds sort of appealing. Yes, we do want to know who we can trust when we do business. But those are market behaviors. We don't need the government to get involved. When government does get involved, bad things can happen. What happens if you have a low score? First, lost your job, uh, or you never get promoted. Your children cannot get to good schools. For Chinese people, if they, the kids cannot go to a good school, that's the whole world. If they really don't like what you say, they lock you up and torture you. They didn't allow me to sleep. I was kept in a small room and saw no daylight for half a year. But that's China. Why should we be afraid? 
in America every week on YouTube, Twitter, Facebook. I challenge people in power. Trump does make things up. I say these things and no one punishes me so far. All right, John Sossel again. Um, you know, that's a whole other issue that I didn't get into with Frank, but I just thought this needs to be made plain because this is what's happening inside China. It's hurting the Chinese people so much, dreadfully. You can hear that, and it's kind of been their pattern, kind of. It has been their pattern since communism took over under the revolution, after the revolution, the Boxer Rebellion. But um, now there's more sophistication. And, you know, honey, thanks for joining me. Uh, you, I was thinking about what they did with the J6ers here. Uh, they used artificial intelligence uh, to do facial recognition and go arrest people, and they made mistakes. They arrested people that were there that looked like other people, but they've done a sweep, and they're continuing to use artificial intelligence to find people who were at the Capitol on January the 6th. So it is here upon us as in some form or fashion. And what's concerning to me is not just that it was used and that mistakes were made, but in addition to that, that if you notice... The, that technology was used in that investigation, which was very much in line with the administration's um, needs and narrative. wants. Narrative, narrative. Their narrative. Yeah. But it's not being used, say, against the Mexican cartels and other crime people, uh, crime organizations here in America. I just find that very interesting. Or Antifa or Black Lives yeah. Matter. You yeah, know, they you just say, Or even Chinese, Chinese. I saw, you know, when there were those riots... During the 2020 election, prior to the election in D.C., uh, I because of people that I talk with, they brought to my attention on some of those videos that there were Chinese operatives in that crowd stirring up trouble. But uh, they didn't seem to capture that, you know, with our AI. We are in danger here. And Bruce, you know what this reminds me of? You and I have been watching a series uh, and I don't recommend this series because it's pretty graphic. I'm, we're watching it because I lived in Berlin, Germany during the Cold War. I was there in 1973 and 1974. And this movie is all about the East, the control of the East Germans over the people right after, like about three months after I left uh, Berlin. And it's, it rem- I, I just like, it's taking me back in time. It's, and I'm just curious, Bruce, if you were to describe to people kind of the overall theme of what we're watching there, how would you describe it? Because people can't even imagine what it's like to live under that kind of oppression. And that was the word I was going to choose, is oppression. Um, Just constant and daily oppression. And by that we mean that you're being watched. Everything you're doing is being recorded. And based upon your behavior and your beliefs, you are either allowed to do things or not allowed to do things. And the, the, the thing that, you know, in a perfect world, you might say, well, you know, uh, it, it might be good to have people, uh, you know, monitoring us. But you have to remember, who is doing the monitoring? And in the case of our country, I would be very afraid to think that the Biden administration, based upon what we've seen at the border uh, regarding fentanyl, uh, the bribery seemingly overseas, uh, the uh, control of our government by um, other countries due to uh, compromising us. Uh, think of Hunter Biden, think of Joe Biden. Th- that administration, the Biden administration, they are the ones who would be selecting what score we receive. Yeah. 
It's right. And, you know, the other thing that uh, that they're moving toward, the Biden administration that we didn't get into with Frank, is this digital currency, uh, which is what China does. They they control all the money. They control what you spend, how you spend it. They can take it out of your account. And uh, this is another pattern, a, for, a portent of what's to come. And I just, we have to resist that. That is the ultimate control factor yeah. that is used because... You can do a lot of things to people, take away some of their freedoms. They don't seem to mind. I mean, we've seen that. But you start talking about having your money, having your 401k, having your retirement controlled by the government, and you do something and the government decides, you know what, that's against our policy. We're going to fine you $10,000. And the next thing you know, you look at your bank statement or you go to the ATM and you find out, I had $10,000 taken out of my account. Now, you think about what you'll do the next time you're faced with a choice like that. Like, should I do what I did last time or I better not because I'm going to lose money? Talk about control. Yes, I think that and medical. Those are two great issues where you, they, people can control everything about our lives. If we can't get medical care because of our thinking or right, right or wrong thinking, you know. You know, we've seen, a, we've seen that with people we know from Canada who have this socialized medicine and a lot of them think it's wonderful and maybe at some points in your life it is but often as people age and they start to need things like artificial hips kidneys things like that they are put on a list and that list is weighted depending on your age um you're in uh probably uh factors that we don't know about but especially your age and at some point, they just say, you are no longer eligible to, for this. And it might only be, say, 75 years of age, whereas a lot of people are living m- much longer than 75. But the government makes an arbitrary decision that at 75 years old, you're going off the kidney transplant list. And if you need a kidney, you know what? You're going to die. Yeah. You know, that, that reminds me, Justin Trudeau made a statement. If we had it, I'd play it. Uh, about how he admired the control the Chinese have over their people. He actually said that. And uh, there's, he's a fan. And so this is what Canada's moving toward this more, fast, more, more faster, more fast than we are. It's really a frightening time. But um, we just have to remember, uh, the, the, the common thing here to me, Bruce, is that all of these uh, mechanisms of control are introduced under the most positive terms, like... When they talk about digital currency, they talk about how easy. Just think about easy. No writing checks. No, it's just seamless. You can take, you can spend and take money out with just this, your phone. It's just so easy, you see. And this is how they hook, hook you in. With us, uh, going back a couple of decades, it was cheap Chinese goods. Uh, it was uh, bells and whistles. And so we got entrenched and our businesses got entrenched. And businessmen were lured because they could make a lot of money. And and it's always, it's always starts positively, I think about that guy, the, go- the woman that John Stossel interviewed who uh, moved here when she was a girl, describing all that she'd been through. And uh, she said, she said very clearly, you are taking on this willingly. You are welcoming the Chinese way in. You have to stop that uh, because it does not end in freedom. It ends in co- total control. You know, we, we always think that we evolve and, and we become better people. Go back to the beginnings of the Bible, and Adam is tempted, and Eve is tempted, and it 
comes from the most, you know, uh, the, the Satan disguises it to sound like this would be wonderful. You could, you could know, you could have knowledge that even God has, only God has. And the next thing you know, they're into it. And that's how this is. They dangle that apple in front of you and say, well, just take a bite. You know, it's really good. And, and so we never do change. I mean, the temptation comes in the same way, and the falling for it comes in the same way. Yeah. So that's a great warning, Bruce. Um, very, very insightful. I, I think you're right about that. So, so this is the warning today, uh, to, be, to be wise as serpents and harmless as doves. I hope you enjoyed that conversation with Frank. We'll have to do maybe a part two because we didn't get to so much of it. But again, it's the indictment prosecuting the Chinese Communist Party and friends and friends. That's like people on Wall Street. That's like people doing business over there. That's like people in our government. That's like our president prosecuting all of them because they are putting us at tremendous risk. Well, thanks for listening today. I hope you uh, have sort of enjoyed it, but I hope most of all that you learn something and you can share this with your friends. Just tell them to go to Sandy Reels 24-7. Uh, it's, uh, you can listen on any podcast platform. You can call us at 662-821-2040. That's 662-821-2040. Or you can write us at Sandy at AFR.net. That's Sandy at AFR. Well, thanks for listening today, and um, bye, honey. Thanks for joining me. Thank you. (laughs) See you soon. Sandy Rios on Sandy Rios 24-7.